0: Let's now cross to Piers Cunningham, our intrepid COVID-19 reporter on the line. Piers, good morning. Welcome to Peninsula Talks. Morning, Brendan. Um, a big week here. We're beginning to realise we're throwing off the shackles, Piers, and we're getting, beginning just a glimpse of what life might be like post-lockdown.
1: Yeah, indeed. Like what life should be like, Brendan. I, I was in Mornington yesterday uh, after doing the show at the station, and it really felt it had, there was a buzz in the air, and... Uh, Lots of happy spaces, people really enjoying their freedoms and uh, the ability to interact with other humans instead of via a screen or the phone. So, uh, really great news, and the, the nice weather, of course, makes it different as well. Lovely weather on the peninsula today, as you are sure, I'm sure you're aware.
0: Big headlines, um, then, Piers. What are we seeing at the moment down here on the Mornington Peninsula? We're definitely been priding ourselves on the ability to get jabbed, and it looks like we're leading many of the other LGAs.
1: Yeah, well, look, this, we, we are. We're, we're probably about 5% on average ahead in uh, both categories, fully backs and single backs. But we are heading towards the 80% mark this Friday and there are some, uh, some big changes that are going to happen then. Uh, from Friday at 6pm, we're going to be able to travel beyond uh, the bounds of Melbourne for the first time in quite a while. So that'll be a, a great thing for people wanting to get out and about in the state, go camping, go exploring, go and visit regional centres and friends and family and so on. So um, that's one big change in uh, the degree of freedom that we all, we'll all feel. Shops are going to open as well. Retail open for the fully vaccinated. A little bit of confusion from the Premier uh, about that on the weekend in a press that he gave, um, but apparently that is the case, that um, to, to go into retail you are going to be required... Uh, to be fully vaccinated, how that actually gets enforced in practice? Well, I mean, shops aren't going to hire bouncers to stand at the door, and they'll be busy with customers. So well, I don't, I don't
0: want to um, correct you there, but I'm, I'm wondering, in fact, whether we do have clear clarity around that at the moment, Piers, because we're getting information here that that might not necessarily be the case, uh, that in fact you are a layer allowed to get into supermarkets and shops. OK,
1: well, look, there is a bit of confusion because the Premier, Premier was contradictory about that on a weekend and he got sort of hauled out about it and uh, queried about it. But what I'm looking at at the moment is saying that that is a requirement and there's a limit of, of one person per every four square metres within a shop. It may be, however, I mean, I think in, in supermarkets, for example, because that's a, an essential service, you've got to be able to get food, whether you're vaccinated or not, uh, and then that wouldn't be a requirement. Uh, but uh, look, I, I advise uh, retailers and shoppers to, ch- to check for the latest information come Friday about what re- restrictions actually apply, because there is some confusion at the moment from coming out of the government.
0: Seems to be. The other interesting story that I saw this week, Piers, I'm not sure whether you picked it up, was um, that well-known Australian and Melbourne cartoonist Looney uh, basically has stepped away from Fairfax, the Age newspaper, after declaring that a cartoon that he drew, which was basically the little Lunig man standing in front of a tank, much like the uh, Chinese citizen at Tiananmen Square all those years ago, but rather than the muzzle of a big tank staring at him, there was a picture of a syringe. According to the editorial staff, it was an unacceptable cartoon. Lunig thought that uh, in the interests of good, wholesome discussion about what we're going through here in the state, it was and should have been published. Uh, it wasn't, and he stepped away.
1: Yeah, look, I think this is the, this has really touched a sensitive point because looning is, is an Australian national treasure, after all. I mean, the guy is really very loved. He's been part of the Melbourne landscape for 55 years. I think he's been on the editorial page of The Age. And for him to, to leave under the circumstances is, is disturbing and, uh, and really a worry about the sort of... Uh, censorship that we are now living under. And then don't forget that during the, the months, of, months of, of lockdowns and those daily presses with the sermon from Dan Andrews, Daily Presser, there was criticism that there were handpicked journalists there who never really asked any tough questions. There was a lack of transparency from the government. And, you know, they seem to get away with very large sections of the media just following their lead and not questioning what was going on. And this is really what is the issue here it's not really a question of, of whether you're an anti-vaxxer or not and i don't think that, that michael Looney necessarily is an anti-vaxxer from that cartoon what he's really highlighting is that there is a, a personal freedom challenge being made by all these mandates i mean we just talked about it before with people potentially having to be double vaxxed to even going to a shop so there is concern about overreach and this is uh this is only one example another one that comes to in a moment which is these new laws about permanent powers in pandemics just quoting Michael Lunig from an article I think was published in the uh, Murdoch media recently, he said, in my opinion, it's fair enough to raise the most locked down city in the world. He was critical of the attitude of the editorial staff of The Age, which is part of the Nine uh, Nine Media Network now, so it includes the Sydney Morning Herald as well and the uh, the Finn Review. He said, I don't much want to work for the sorts of readers who are censorious, it seems that the age in particular, you can't go near the COVID story except in a way that's supportive of the Victorian government's handling of it. And if you're not supportive, that's reason enough for you to be cancelled. So he was pretty scathing in his uh, in his response to that censorship. Uh, and apparently there's been several examples, I think of at least a dozen, in this, just in this last year, of cartoons he submitted. That have been censored by the uh, the age.
0: Who is not only uh, lunig as well. I remember Peter Credlin when she uh, tried to get into a Dan uh, Andrews uh, press conference um, throughout the pandemic as well, and she was rounded on really by the rest of the the cohort there, the uh, the journalists were basically uh, looking at a bona fides and saying that she wasn't really eligible to be there, should not have been asking questions, was taking up valuable time. But uh, of all the journalists in all of the press conferences that I saw, I thought that she really cut through and put some pretty pertinent questions to the Premier, who surely has to be able to answer. And I guess it probably picks up a little bit on the theme of Looney as well. Theoretically, surely these people should be open to some sort of examination. Is it not our natural Right.
1: Well, exactly, and, and this is a big concern. I think the reason why Credlin was excluded was because she was not on, not on the union. I think that was part of the issue that they had with uh, Credlin being there. But also, she, she was the only journalist, really, that I saw in the last 18 months who actually stood up to the Premier, resisted his bullying antics, wasn't going to roll over. It took someone who was tough and, uh, and who wasn't sort of part of this regular group that he allows in who all seem to be just you know, just towing the government line. So I think Looney is, is part of that. I don't think it's necessarily an anti-vaxxer message, that, that syringe coming out of the, the tanks. Uh, I think it's a very powerful image, and I think that's one of the reasons why they, they censored it, because they were concerned about the effects of it and perhaps being kind of co-opted by the, the sort of lunatic anti-vax movement. Maybe that was a concern. But uh, I don't think that's what really what Looney was, was on about. I think he was just really calling attention to... The draconian uh, system that we seem to be living under all in response, particularly in Victoria, all in response to the pandemic. And I think there's plenty of people who feel that, you know, we've really, we've endured a lot and we've, we've watched a lot of our rights being eroded by a government that uh, doesn't sort of mind riding roughshod rough over things that we hold pretty dear to our livelihoods and, uh, and lifestyles
0: here in Victoria. Well the good news news now, Piers, is of course that we now have some guarantees that that will no longer happen because of course the emergency powers have been reviewed courtesy of our parliamentarians the independents and others have uh, put their seal of approval on this uh, new piece of legislation which will be passed very very soon in which it basically curtails the way that we handle pandemics in the future the question is are these reforms good enough and is accountability enshrined enough in it as we go forward
1: yeah and i think that that's interesting that you raise that Uh, i think that one of the concerns is that they're permanent changes so just as the existing state of emergency powers have a sunset clause that I think makes them uh, winds them up in early December this year, this is the reason why the government's uh, you know wanting this new bit of legislation to go through. The new uh, legislation with pandemic powers held by the the health minister rather than the chief health officer, they are going to be permanent changes, and I think there are concerns among libertarian groups and observers and uh, political pundits that these perhaps shouldn't be permanent, they should still be subject to a sunset clause rather than uh, just becoming there for, for every uh, every uh, politician, regardless of colour or stripe, to use uh, as they wish. And, and you know, as we've seen, there can be abuses and uh, it, it's, it's not the kind of state we want to live in, but we have been used to living in.
0: Indeed. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and a lot of examination of this stuff as it does go through. But I saw uh, Fiona Patton the other day giving it her seal of approval. Of course, uh, the extension of the emergency powers was on the proviso that they were able to come up with some sort of provision to basically haul it in, repeal and re-examine. According to her, it uh, passes the test, but as you say, others may be not quite as convinced at this stage.
1: Piers, we're going to have
0: we're going to have to Mm -hmm. wrap it up very very quickly because we've got um, good uh, Dr Nicole Yap not too far away. Got to cross to her at eleven
1: thirty. Yeah. Okay. No worries, Brendan. Yeah, I was just going to mention that the state opposition leader Matthew Guy has been very uh, critical of the uh, these new pandemic rules that are before parliament and he said that they are an attack on democracy. So there is definitely some concern amongst the opposition and libertarian groups about these powers. There's plenty of stuff all over the internet if you want to have a look there. But uh, let's see, maybe it is an improvement over the current state of emergency rules which give so much power to the chief Bill, officer.
0: And this is where we all have a responsibility to read in and let our local member know uh, to what we feel about these particular issues. Piers Cunningham, thank you very much indeed. Sorry about the delay, but uh, good that we could get you on the air.